Transform Church presents a life-giving message to encourage you to live your life in the power and grace of Jesus Christ. We believe this message will challenge and empower you to walk in faith and courage. Now let's get into the Word. Today we're going to talk about learning to pray. So let's open up our Bibles. Let's go to Romans chapter number 8. Now, before I offend anyone by saying we need to learn how to pray, let's listen to the words that Paul wrote, all right? And then you can make your own determination whether you're the best prayer warrior or we need a little bit of help. Romans 8, verses 26 and 27, this is what it says. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is. Because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. I'd like to point out a few points. One It says, we do not know what we should pray for as we ought to. Number one. Number two, the Spirit makes intercession for us, even when we can't utter it out of our mouth. Three, He searches the heart and He knows the mind of the Spirit. And He continues to make intercession for us. Father, we thank you this morning. We ask that you bless your word. Let it have free course amongst your people as we give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, church, let's be honest with each other, okay? It's, o- it's always good to have an open dialogue. If I say these two things, I can definitely agree that most of us, or may- perhaps all of us, would agree with it. Number one, we all would like to pray more. Yes? I certainly agree with that statement. I would certainly like to pray more. I don't think I pray enough as I should. And I'm being honest with you. I believe I should be praying more. Number two, I don't always understand how prayer works. Yes? Do you agree? And I think those are fair statements. We'd like to pray more, but sometimes we don't always understand exactly how prayer works. We say, well, we pray and God doesn't answer, or we pray and God answers. But why does He answer some prayers and why does He not answer others? Have you had a question about that? I certainly have at some point in my life. See, prayer is the most misunderstood arts of human experience. Yet, it is meant to be the most life-giving and exciting aspects of our walk in faith. It is the ability to change circumstance. It gives us the power to touch people's lives across the world. We don't have to physically be there to affect someone's life, and we can do that through prayer. Now, this is where the church gets even more quiet. You guys are real quiet. Because all of us have had experiences where we've prayed and nothing has happened, yes? Yes? We have. And there's nothing wrong with admitting that. I can tell you I've prayed for certain things and it has not happened. I'm not ashamed to say that. I'm standing with you because, you know, like you, I have needs and I pray. 
it's okay to say that I haven't got prayers answered. Because what we want to determine this morning is we need to uncover and find out how God answers prayer. I think that's important, don't you? And so we really, the Bible says there, Paul says in Romans, he says, we don't know really what we ought to pray for, as we should pray for. So here's the most amazing thing. He says, we don't know what we should pray for as we ought to pray for, but God doesn't neglect that. He says, but the Spirit makes intercession for you and me, even though we don't know what to pray for. Isn't that amazing? That is amazing because I don't know what I need in my life. I don't need, I don't know what I need tomorrow. I don't need, know what I need the next month, but God does. And when I don't know how to articulate it, when I don't know how to open up my mouth and say, Lord, this is what I need tomorrow because I don't know what kind of day it's going to happen. He does. And he's already interceding for you and me. Now, if that doesn't encourage you, I don't know what will. God knows your needs and he's interceding on your and my behalf. Many of us have been disappointed and frustrated that our prayers haven't been answered. And we sometimes feel like giving up. You know, unanswered prayers is a major obstacle that stands in the way of our life in faith. We read the Bible We see that there are many men of God who prayed and their prayers were answered. Daniel, Moses, Elijah, Elisha, Nehemiah, David, Peter, Paul, and many more. It seems that when we pray, however, sometimes the answer isn't so forthcoming. We struggle to spend time and hear from God and receive answers. You know what happens then? It leads us down a path of shame and guilt. And we, we begin to question, say, does God really hear me? Did I do something wrong? Is he even listening to me? And then we go further, what's wrong with me? Am I so bad that God doesn't want to answer my prayer? And then unanswered prayers can lead us down a path of abandonment and isolation from God, imagining that he doesn't want to answer our prayer. And therefore, we turn to our own devices now. We say, well, I've prayed about this, and it seems like nothing's happening, so I guess I need to figure it out for myself. And then we turn to people's opinions, people's advice, our own intellect, and the intellect of others that cannot really extract us from the situation. You can find that this vein runs right through society, and especially in the church. Because we give up. And I know we gave up. I'll tell you why. And it's not just here. The prayer meeting at every church is the least attended of any meeting. You know why? Because people have given up on prayer. They don't feel it works. So they'll come out to a worship service. They'll come out to a concert. They'll come out to, you know, events. But you call a prayer meeting, you'd have like five people. And that really speaks to our Christian faith of how much we really put into prayer. Because if prayer is vital, then why aren't more of us believers showing up for prayer? How much time do we really spend in our day dedicated to prayer? We have 24 hours. Every single one of us has 24 hours in a day. Not one second over or one second less. 
all of us have given equal opportunity. But if you were to take that day and translate it into a percentage, how much percentage of that day is dedicated to communion with a God that we claim to believe in? One percent? Half a percent? Quarter of a percent? Less than that? But we'd spend two hours watching a movie. We'd spend more time than that going out to the park. We'd spend a lot of time going to restaurants, doing all of these other things. And so, how much time do we spend communicating to a God that we claim can do all things? That resonates in my heart. Because I question myself before I question anything else. I say, Lord, I know that you answer prayer. I know that you heal. I know that you can do all things. But why do I find myself in such a struggle when we get to prayer? It seems difficult. And because of time, I'm going to just give you the highlights. You see, we give up on prayer. Humanity as a whole has given up on prayer. And it really belies the fact that we in the church need to be even more vigilant when it comes to prayer. But we seem to follow the route of popularity. And so the world, you know what the world is? The world tells to other things like psychology, philosophy, metaphysics, cults, horoscopes, psychics, witchcraft. They'll spend more time trying to find out what a horoscope says about them that when you invite them to come to church, they'll be totally negative about it. But they'll totally believe in this occult move. And you see, there's a deep down desire, whether we believe it or not, for a connection with God. Sometimes we don't know how to translate that into our modern context. And so we try to put, fill it with other things. But there is a hole in every single human being that desires honest connection, genuine relationship with their father. And that comes only through prayer. Now, prayer is not some mystic thing. Prayer is not where you come down, throw yourself on, the, on your face and begin to call on God. Prayer is not even when you kneel, even though it incorporates all of those things. That's not prayer. Prayer, to put it simply, is this, talking to someone. Do we have a problem talking? No, we don't. We can conversate, we can spend hours having a conversation, and that's what prayer is. Prayer is talking to God. You can't get it any simpler than that. But see, prayer is not going to God and asking Him to do what you want. That's not prayer. You know, if you're having a conversation with someone... It's not a one-way street. It's not you talking, and when it's their time to talk, you say, okay, I'm done, and walk away. That's not a conversation. That's not how you would communicate. You know? And so, when we want to pray, this is what we usually do. We're like, okay, God, I'm going to have a rough day. I need you to bless my day. I need you to open up doors of opportunity. I want to have, you know, an awesome time traveling. I want to be able to do this. Can you put some money in my bank? I need a new car. You know, I need some other things taken care of. All right, God bless you. Bye. Amen. 
did he get a chance to speak? Did he get a chance to communicate? Prayer is not a grocery list that you take to God. I want this, 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 and this. And when I have it in my cart, I'm checking out. That's not prayer. Prayer is working with God to accomplish, and here's the kicker, not your will, His. So prayer is not going to God asking Him to do what you want. Prayer is going to God asking Him to do what He wants in your life. Difference. And so when we go to God, we're like, we want this, we want this, we want this, we want this. What, do you think I should have that? That is irrespective. I want it. God is not a magic genie waiting in his little lamp for you to rub it and him to run off and get what you want. That's not God. God doesn't live in our world. We live in his world. God is there. We didn't create God. God created us. We are a product of him. He's not a product of us. So we can command him to do what we want and think that he's obligated to do it. He does do things for us because he loves us. He is passionate about us. He wants to see the best for us. He's invested in our future. He wants to see you have a great, amazing life with all of the blessings that he can pour into your life. And those blessings might not necessarily align with what you want for your life. God's desire is to bless you. God's desire is to anoint you with all of his blessings. That is indisputable. But the way that we want to be blessed is not determined by what we want, is determined by what he wants to give us. Because the reality is this, I don't know, according to Paul, what I need in my life. I don't know what to ask for. I don't know what I should claim in my life. I don't know what I need for tomorrow, for the next month, for the next year. I have no idea. But here's the kicker, God does. And so he is forever making intercession for us. And James says this, You lust and you do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war. Yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss. That you may spend it on your pleasures. See, when we ask God, are we asking God out of a pure motive or we're asking God out of a selfish motive? Is it for our needs, for our pleasure, for our entertainment? Or are we asking God to do something in our life that would transform our life and as a consequence, transform those lives around us? See, when Jesus talked about prayer, remember he prayed, he said, this is how you ought to pray. He says this in another place. Out of your belly shall flow forth what? Rivers of living water. See, prayer doesn't come 
from your flesh. Prayer is the breeding part or the cultivation of prayer comes from your soul. Because the soul is your human emotions, your feelings, your desires, and your wants. But the flesh, on the other hand, does not want you to pray. It has nothing to do with requesting God. It has nothing to do. So when we request things from our flesh, God is not really willing to bless us because it's not really His desire to reward the flesh. His desire is to reward what He wants. Now, some people say, well, I know I need to get fit and all that. That's not what we're talking about. When I'm talking about the flesh, I'm talking about the selfish needs of individuals that, to edify themselves and want wants in themselves that have nothing to do with what they require, but what they want. What you need is not necessarily all that you want. You want things that you don't need. You want things that are not good for you. You want things that might not bless you. Now, to put it simply this way, if you had a child and the child said, I want to have just lollies for dinner and nothing else, and you say, great, go help yourself. And they stuff their face full of lollies, and the next morning they get up, they want lollies. You're like, great, have some more. Do you think that child would be healthy, or would you be rushing them somewhere to do some sort of test because they got sick to the point where they're vomiting? See, just because a child wants something, you as a parent don't have to give it to them. They want sweets, but you know that greens are healthier, right? So are you going to just feed them lollies all the time? No, as a good parent, you wouldn't do that. So why do you think that God wants to give us what we ask for, what is not necessarily good for us? Is he just there to just pour sugar treats down our mouth? No, he's there to bring us into maturity that we become mature believers and that we can transform society for the glory of God. Does that mean that God doesn't want to bless you? No, it doesn't. He wants to give you the best of everything. Health, wealth, success. That's his desire. So if you're sick, you can pray and say, Lord, heal me because his desire is to bless you and to heal you. If you're in poverty, you can pray, Lord, increase my finances because he wants to bless you. But when you get blessed, do you take that and say, well, this is all for me and I'm going to eat it. I'm not going to share it with anyone. We don't get because we don't ask. We don't get because we ask incorrectly. Jesus, when he talked to his disciples on the mode of prayer, says to them right after this, after that, he says in Luke 15, or Luke 11, sorry, he says this. He said to them, which one of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has come from his journey and I have nothing to set before him. And he'll answer you from within and say, do not trouble me. The door is now shut and my children and I are now in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I say to you, though he will not rise and give it to you because he is your friend, yet because of your persistence, he will rise up and give it to you as many as you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. 
Another word for that is fervent, consistent, persistence. And the Bible says that a fervent prayer of what? A righteous man does what? Availeth much. Which means that sometimes when we hear or ask God, and we give up after 10 seconds because we don't want to spend the time listening to his answer. Because here it is. God answers prayer. Sometimes his answer is yes. Sometimes his answer is no. And sometimes his answer is wait. But he answers prayer. And just because you don't want to hear the no, doesn't mean he didn't answer your prayer. The answer was no. And I want to come back to this. We need to align ourselves with the will of God. Not get God to align himself with our will. So what does God desire in your life? Does God desire to bless you? Yes. Does God desire to heal you? Yes. Does God desire to give you the best of everything? Yes. So Whatever is in that area, you can pray for. That doesn't necessarily mean, Lord, I want another 15-room house. 20. Why? Because, you know, Jones down the corner has a 19-room house. So I want a 20-room house. Because, you know, I'm a child of God and I should show that I'm more blessed. That's not how it works. If you have a desire to fill that house with people who are going to do something for change, God will bless you for it. That's the difference. And so you wonder why some people get and some people don't. Well, the answer is right there in James. It's right there in Romans. We don't know what we actually need. And I'm so thankful to God that I don't have to rely on my own intellect to know what I need. I have a God that is there constantly taking care of me, knowing my needs in the future, that He knows what I need. And so I can put my faith and trust and surety in Him that no matter what happens in my life, I can trust Him that whatever comes in my life, God has a care and a desire to bless me. So I have reassurance that yes, I go through bad times. But that does not mean that God doesn't love me. Yes, I go through circumstances that sometimes make me wonder, is God listening to me? But that does not mean that God is not present. You know, the psalmist said this, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, what? The Lord is with me. Now, we're not going to get into a whole exegesis and discussion about why I ended up in the valley of the shadow of death. You can determine that for yourself. Why you ended up there? Or why were you walking through there? Whatever the circumstances, whether I chose to walk through there or whether the Lord led me through there is irrelevant at this point. The point is that the Lord is with me. So that reassures me, no matter what circumstance I'm in, no matter trouble I end up in, God is with me. I don't even know what to call upon in this situation. Sometimes in my own life where I've been totally frustrated and I open up my mouth to say something and I don't have words to say it because I don't even know what to say. 
but I'm so glad God does. That he can pray over me. That he is invested in my life and your life. That he hasn't abandoned us. That he hasn't left us. That he doesn't let us fend for our own. But he's interested in you and me. And that is the most amazing thing that we can think of. You see, Romans 8.15 says this. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs. And heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ. If we indeed suffer with him, we may be also glorified with him. That word, Abba, Father, is a colloquial term that really means daddy. And it's not a form of professional address. It is a form of desperate cry of a child longing for their father's arms. You know, you have a little child and he's one or two and, you know, he's beginning to walk and he's beginning to do things for themselves or herself. And, you know, they, they want to experiment. They want to do things. They want to see how far they can run or how far they can reach. And so they do those things because that's what natural for a child. But then they run off and they fall down and bruise their knee. And you know what the first thing is? They look for a place of safety and home. They turn around, they lift up their hands, and their mother or father, whoever's around, say, Daddy or Mommy. That's that prayer. Lord, I've tried and I've fallen down. And I just need you. I just need to come into your arms. I want you to lift me up, hold me close, and tell me that it's okay that you're here to protect me and shield me. And see, prayer is our communication with our loving Father. And we wait to hear His response. God answers prayer. He always does. The only question that we need to understand and hear is whether it's yes, no, or wait. That's it. And more than that, he's not an austere God. He's not a distant God. He's not waiting some distant place and just not interacting with us. No, he's present in our life. He wants to bless us. He wants to give us the best of everything. And why won't he answer our prayer? He will. I'll conclude with this that Jesus said. He said, if you know are evil knowing how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will he give us his spirit? That's his desire. His desire is to bless us. His desire is to pour out all of his goodness into our life. The Lord asks us to pray. You know why he asks us to pray? Because he wants to answer our prayer. If he didn't ask us to pray, then there would be no need to. But prayer is a vital part of Christian life just as much as breathing is. And I come back to our statement at the start. 
because I agree with that and I am a, a total believer that I want to pray more. I believe I need to pray more. I believe as a church we need to pray more. I believe as families we need to pray more. That's what builds the church. And it's not an act a posture that you stand in. It's not just kneeling. It's not just lying down. It's not just sitting. You can pray in your car, walking down the street, at your workplace, wherever it may be. You don't have to go anywhere. You just have to open up your mouth and have a conversation. We need to align ourselves with God's will for our life. Not have God align himself with our will. When we pray, we must pray and ask him, do according to your will. And just as he taught the disciples, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. What? Thy, whose kingdom come? His kingdom come. Whose will be done? His will be done. And if you do that, he will bless you. Because he wants to. His will is the best will for your life. Not your own. His is. And so our prayer should be along the lines of, Lord, I want you to do your will in my life. Take away mine and let yours be done. Because if yours is done, I will have perfect peace, perfect joy, everything that you want me to have because that's his desire for us. He wants to bless you. And never ever forget that you're not alone in this battle. God is with you there. We're there with you constantly and consistently. Even when you don't know what to pray for, God himself makes intercession for you. Thank you for listening. We encourage you to use what you have heard to live a blessed life. For more resources, messages, and information, please visit our website at transformchurch.org.au. God bless you.